Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue, and we are going to be looking at how every type faces their fears. And so we're just going to start with type one and go through nine. I'm going to try and do this kind of quickly, quickly for me. And, uh, you know, that's what this channel is all about. And that's what the Enneagram, I think, is all about, about helping us to see ourselves more clearly. And if I could speak clearly, that would help. Help us see ourselves more clearly and then see the challenges and the obstacles and then what the path is going forward. Or as Christopher Hurwitz says in his book, The Sacred Enneagram, to find our path back home. And we get lost and we want to find our way back home. And so one of the ways that we are challenged is to really confront the fears of our type. And uh, in the description below is a link to my website, TomLahue.com. If you're not a part of my Enneagram community, uh, my free newsletter, I would love for you to, to go to the website and, um, and, and join that. Um, it's no cost. It's free. And I've got a, a, a resource there for you to download for free, just as a way of helping you and encouraging you. And I just want to thank you for being a part of this community. And uh, I do offer coaching, uh, Enneagram coaching, relationship coaching, all kinds of coaching to help you uh, in this in this life because it can be overwhelming sometimes. It can feel like um, I'm not sure what what my next step is, or you're not sure you know how to navigate these relationship challenges. Look, I'm here for you. I'm supporting you. Whatever I can do to, to come alongside of you and help you, we're all in this together. We all need each other. And I always offer classes and, and um, workshops, and there's on-demand classes that are available on my website, as well as live classes coming up soon. I'd love uh, for you to be a part of one of those classes. All right, let's jump into this information. And I got this today from an email from Tyler Zach. If you know who Tyler Zach is, um, the Gospel for Enneagram, great resource, a huge um, Instagram page. And I'll put a link to that in my description below for the Gospel for Enneagram. And let's just jump into this. I'm just going to read what he's got here and kind of take it apart and see if there's anything else I want to say about it. But if you didn't get this email or you don't have this information, I thought let's just put this on YouTube so everybody can benefit from it because it's really good stuff. Okay, so type ones, of course, the improvers, the perfectionists, the reformers um, have a deep desire to make themselves in the world better. But the fear of the one is, of course, of making mistakes or being reprimanded or scolded or criticized and striving for perfection because they don't want to be accused or corrected or blamed. And somewhere along the way, they picked up a message or you once picked up a message that a, a good person doesn't have flaws or a good person doesn't make mistakes or a good person is always improving and making themselves 
you know, comply with the necessary needs of the world around them. And that's great. I mean, that's why people love you. That's why people respect you. That's why you're the manager. That's why we trust you. But to overcome their fear of making mistakes, ones have to begin to, to practice self-compassion. Compassion on themselves uh, by loving their whole self and making allowances for the mistakes that they make in life and recognizing that you don't have to be perfect. I mean, you're you're, you don't you don't have to be perfect in order to 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 be a dad. You don't have to be perfect in order to be a good employee. You don't have to be perfect to be a good neighbor. Um, and and that that um, restriction to trying to be perfect all the time is actually going to make you quite imperfect. It's going to make you challenging to be around because it's going to make you highly critical and frustrated all the time and irritable with yourself and others. And so that need to realize that making a mistake is not necessarily a sin. I mean, think about it. Sin, preferences, and mistakes. Those are three different things. And a lot of times we categorize preferences and mistakes as though they are sins. And we just want to remind you that it's okay to make mistakes. It's natural to make mistakes. In fact, if you're growing, you're going to make mistakes. And you're not loved because you're perfect. You're loved because you're a human. You love because you're created in the image of God. And you have value no matter whether you get everything right or not. And so, you know, I've got a whole course on demand on this, on giving up on being perfect. And if this is a challenge for you, go to my website, uh, sign up for that on-demand class. Um, you know, realize that sometimes good enough is really good enough. It's easy for me to say I'm not a one, but I do have tremendous respect for ones, and it's in my my uh, tri-type, a 714, so I got a lot of one-like qualities about me. All right, let's talk about type twos, and you guys that know me know that my wife Tracy is a type two. We've been married for over 30 years, so I feel like I kind of understand how this personality works. I'm sure i am not got it perfectly, as my wife can attest, but type twos, the helpers, the befrienders, the connectors, the givers... Lots of good words for these uh, these folks. Uh, they desire to put others before themselves and see themselves, you know, as taking care of other people or or being connected to other people. There's a sense of value you find in all of these connections with other people. Um, they have a fear of being unlovable or unwanted or uncared for uh, and a fear of being rejected. And remember, twos, fives, and eights are the rejection types. And, you know, a lot of times fives and eights get that. They're like, oh, yeah, I kind of know, you know, people are going to reject me. So I'm either going to withdraw from them or an eight, I'm going to come against them. Realize that twos also are a rejection type, meaning there's this fear of being rejected and then like an overcompensation. Well, they're not going to reject me. I'm going to be so nice and so kind and so loving and so gracious and so helpful that you know, there's a that's very exhausting right that's a lot of so's i'm going to be uh, they, i'm going to i'm going to take care of people so well and be so wonderful that people won't reject me but underlying that is this basic fear or assumption that if I, was, I if i was just to show up like i am well people wouldn't have any use for that they would probably reject me so i've got a and it's not necessarily a conscious thought but it does underline, this fear underlies uh, much of the motivation or actions of a two. And so that fear of being rejected. And somewhere along the way, twos picked up a message that they're not enough just as they are. And therefore, they have to serve others, give to others, be loving, be kind, encourage others, all to prevent this fear of rejection. So type twos, you can face that dragon, face that fear of rejection, that fear of being unlovable. And this stuff is so, I know it's so painful to even probably talk about or think about, but good for you being willing to like lean in and hear this and be challenged by it. 
remembering that you are enough on your own. Uh, that you're loved already. God loves you. And there's probably a lot of people around you in your life that love you. Maybe they're not loving you always the way that feels important to you. But if I were to ask your husband or your kids or, uh, you know, your parents or whoever you're connected to, they would definitely tell me, yes, I love, I love her. I love him so much. And just realize that sometimes you struggle feeling or, or, you know, accepting or receiving that love as it's being given to you. And resting in God's love for you and resting in the love that, that has been shown to you all your life. Um, resting in that um, and that you really don't need everybody's acceptance as much as you think. You really don't need their approval and their warmth and their smiles in order to maintain a happiness um, and a general contentment with life. Okay, so let's face that dragon together. All right, type threes. Um, I'm just looking at the notes here. I'm looking at the, the email that was sent to me and I'm just kind of breaking it down. Type threes, the achievers who get things done and also look good doing it. They fear failure at all costs. And also you could say probably like feeling incompetent or looking ridiculous. That's why threes can a lot of times look like sevens. Uh, but the difference is the sevens are much more comfortable, I think, with looking ridiculous. If it raises the environment, makes everybody feel better. Threes usually don't want to look ridiculous. They strive to be productive and successful to gain admiration and value from others. And somewhere along the way, they picked up a message that they're defined by their accomplishments, that their value is attached to what they achieve and what they accomplish. And they can become quite workaholic, uh, constantly trying to increase their value through work and success and not being a failure. So threes can, can overcome this fear or face the dragon, you might say, by remembering that you have personal value already apart from what you do. You were born with it. And I always use the illustration of walking through a nursery in a hospital and looking at all these babies and, and they all have value, even though they haven't accomplished anything. I mean, they can't even speak a language yet, right? But every one of them is born intrinsically with value just because they exist, just because you're human. And you don't lose that because you're 15 years old or you're 25 years old. You don't lose that because you lost your job. You don't lose that because you didn't, uh, because you made a mistake or went through failure in life. And um, all of us have value. And threes, you guys have value too, uh, regardless of what you've been able to accomplish. And that need to realize that your failures aren't fatal and they're not final and they don't define you. Um, and to allow yourself to be more okay making mistakes and your love for who you are and not for what you do. And if you're struggling with failure, again, I got another on-demand class called Re, uh, Invincible You, Resilient Mind, um, a Resilient Life Coaching, Resilient Mindset. I don't even remember what I did. It's good stuff, though. I loved going through it because I needed it at the time because I was facing some challenges and some struggles and some hardships with work. And I knew I needed to go through that, get myself picked back up and out of the dust and get back on my feet. And a lot of us need that from time to time. Every one of us needs that. Um, and, you know, you're not, you're not, there's not something wrong with you because you need to be encouraged. There's not something wrong with you because you need support. Uh, and sometimes we all need that. And uh, if you need that in your life, reach out to me. I'd love to walk with you and help you, whether it's a th three weeks or six weeks or 12 weeks or six months. I've got, you know, coaching programs that will last as long as you need them to. And like I said, some of them are on demand. So if you, if you don't want to do the one-on-one -on -one with Zoom, you know, 
whatever. I'm just trying to come alongside of you and help you any way I can. All right, I don't want to see you get stuck. And it's so easy to get stuck in life. It's so easy to get stuck and trapped, you know, and spin around in circles and spiral in our thinking and get depressed and discouraged and frustrated. And, oh, you've been there. It's not fun. All right, let's, on that note, let's talk about type fours. Okay, type fours, the individualist, you know, you hear that word melancholy, uh, deeply emotional and creative, seeking meaning in their lives, want to do something meaningful and substance, substantive with their lives. And oh, what's wrong with that? That's great. The fear of being ordinary and mundane, the fear of not mattering, the fear of being like everybody else. I mean, just feel how painful this would sound if I said, wow, Nellie, you are boring and unoriginal, whoever Nellie is. But I mean, just, just does that feel painful to you, boring and unoriginal? Probably, there's probably a lot of people who are like, no, that's fine. I, I'm okay being boring and unoriginal, but not fours. Um, somewhere along the way, they picked up the message that they will be abandoned or rejected uh, if they're like everybody else. If they're just like everybody else, then, you know, what's my importance? What's my significance? Because I would be replaceable. Like a cog in a wheel, I could just be replaced. And as a result, fours sometimes, you know, strive to be unique and special and extraordinary. And one of the words for fours is dramatist, which means that they can kind of potentially seem like people that, you know, are creating drama around them. Like, you know, and anyway, and that, that can, that can fracture relationships that can be challenging for people trying to love you and get along with you. Type fours can overcome their fear of being ordinary or insignificant by remembering that you're already unique. You don't have to try to create a personality. You don't have to necessarily try to be true to your personality. You, you have a personality um, and nines, this is probably good advice for you guys too, is we, we have a personality. You are a unique person already. Uh, you don't need to work so hard to be different from everybody else. Um, you know, you already are in many ways different from everybody else. You're not the same as everybody else. You have your own personality and, um, you are valued and loved and cared about, uh, just as you are. And if you don't feel that, I'm so sorry for you. I feel, I've, I just realize that, you know, there are people out there in this world that will love you and care for you and want to be in relationship with you. And if you're going through a tough time, I know it can be, it can be awful. It can feel awful. For me as a seven, it feels like you're falling in quicksand. And, um, you know, I just want to remind you that your love for who you are, you're not love for how different you are. And there's a lot of things that, you know, people enjoy that that you should let yourself enjoy. Let yourself embrace some of the ordinary, wonderful things of life. You know, a lot of things in life are popular because they're fantastic. And don't, don't feel like you have to miss out on those because they're so ordinary. It's what everybody else likes. Sometimes the ordinary stuff, you know, can be great stuff. All right, type fives. Type fives, the investigators who are often very intelligent, seek knowledge and understanding. They don't want to be intruded on. Uh, they feel more secure when they're not, you know, in, engulfed by other people or invaded in the, by other people. They fear being seen as dumb or incompetent uh, or not knowledgeable or they don't have their facts straight. And they believe that having all of the information is necessary to function successfully in the world and to be a part of the right group, you know, the people that have this uh, totem information. Consequently, they engage in extensive research and uh, sometimes have difficulty 
getting all of their work done uh, because they kind of sometimes overthink things and never really feel like they've got it all completely wrapped up sometimes. So type fives can face the dragon and overcome the fear of incompetence by stepping outside your comfort zone, taking risks. And let's just say it this way, stepping up to the plate. Look, there's a there's there's a good chance that you probably ought to be leading more than you are. You're the one that has a lot of this great information. What is it that's keeping you from stepping out and owning that space? I mean, think when you're best, you look like an eight. All right, and just hear that wisdom of an eight calling down to you. Hey, five, own your life, own your space. You know, you've got all this great information, but what are you doing with it? Don't sit on it. You know, come forward, rise up to the challenge. Um, sometimes you can fail to achieve the success in life you're capable of because you don't necessarily always put that knowledge into action. So when fives take risks, and, and they'll learn that accomplishing their dreams is more about taking steps of faith than having everything figured out in life. Look, you don't have to have everything figured out in life. Nobody does. Nobody could. You're a finite person, right? You can't understand everything. So what you do understand, own that and step into that space and lead other people and let yourself connect with other people. Soften and let yourself you know, interact and love and be loved and involved with other people. I know it's going to tax your energy and some things you don't want to focus on or you don't want to focus on other people sometimes in their problems, but there's so much to be gained by becoming a part of the village. Let yourself become a part of the village, not only a part of the village, but maybe even become one of the leaders in the village. All right, type sixes, the loyalist, the skeptic, the guardian, the trooper, the vigilante, or the vigilant one, the concerned one, the babysitter, the buddy, the defender. So many great names for sixes and so many great images in my mind come up with sixes. But sixes fear a lot. You know, you fear fear itself. Like there's a lot of things that could go wrong. And you're right. There is no way I could say to you, oh, you're going to be fine. There's nothing to be worried about. I mean, as soon as I say that to you, if you're a six, you're like, who is this guy? I can't rely on him. He doesn't have... He doesn't, he doesn't know all of the real things in the world that could go wrong. He thinks everything's going to be fine. What an idiot. The sixes have this obligation to doubt and to remain a little bit skeptical. And, you know, the worst thing you can do to a six is lie to them. Probably the second worst thing you could do to them is say, do you trust me? Because it's like, yeah, I did until you asked me if I do. Now I don't anymore. That seems kind of sketchy. So sixes, you're right. The world that we live in is a scary world and anything could happen at any time. You're right. You're 100% right. Okay. The problem though is if you're not careful, these fears could immobilize you from becoming everything that you could potentially become. From realizing and living in all of the possibilities that are available to you. You could easily let these fears of what could go wrong keep you from stepping out and owning your space and living the fullest life that you could live. Um, just think of it like this. Maybe 70%, let's be conservative, 70% of the things that you cycle around in your mind are never going to happen. Those things you worry about, the things that you fret and stress and have to talk to somebody about and get support for, let's just be conservative and say 70% of them are never going to happen.
probably more realistically, like 80 or 90% of them are never going to happen. And realizing that, you're turning and facing the dragon and you're saying, man, I'm such a six. Here I am, spun up, spiraling down, worried about stuff that's probably not likely to happen. I need to just relax and tell myself everything's going to be okay. I've done everything I can do. I've planned. I've got my plan. I've got my support. I've got my insurance policy. I need to just relax now and face this dragon of fear. You have a choice to make. You can either waste your life by constantly seeking out problems or you can choose to focus on what could go right and living courageously rather than living in fear. I want you to live courageously. You know, at your best, sixes, at your best, you are Braveheart. You are the courageous one. You are the courageous fighter at your best. And I want you to step into that best and to be that person that we can all rely on, but that person that's willing to, to put themselves out there, to take a risk, to challenge themselves. And who knows what you could become? Who knows what you could become? But you're never going to realize that as long as you're laying low and playing it safe and moving yourself to the middle of the group. Uh, okay, I'm here to help you. All right, I haven't got it all figured out, but I'm here to help you. All right, type sevens. Here we go. This is me. This is my type. Type sevens, the enthusiasts who bring joy and excitement into life. I had somebody the other day on one of my videos say, oh my goodness, there's no way you're a seven. You've got to be a nine or a four. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm such a seven. I'm 100% a seven. And I realize that sometimes in these videos, I'm more serious. I'm more like a five, more like a one. I don't know. But when I'm not doing this, I'm 100% a seven with my family. And I can be ridiculous just like everybody else. Okay. All right. So bringing joy and enjoyment and excitement into life. You know, sevens, that they're unhealthy, they're just chasing fun and chasing happiness. But at our best, we bring it. We bring joy. We bring happiness. And they have a, we have a fear of missing out. You know, this could be better. And the grass is greener on the other side. And why does it have to be lame like this? They constantly seek stimulation and new experiences, avoiding discomfort, avoiding negative feelings. Don't want to deal with the tedious stuff, the boring stuff. Somewhere along the way, we picked up this message that it's better over there. It's better over there. It's better in... It, I live in Florida. Florida's great, but I wish I lived in California. You know, the Pacific Ocean, they've got, they've got walruses. They've got sea lions. All we have is seagulls and manatees. It's better over there. And that better over there can keep you from being present to life. And this is what I struggle with all the time. That's why it's my tagline for everything is to be present to life because I'm reminding myself, slow down, Seven. You're going to miss life hoping for something better to happen tomorrow. You're going to miss what's here today. Seven, slow down for a minute. Um, constantly chasing new adventures. Um, you could appear courageous on the outside and like you're running toward all this fun stuff on the outside, but inside, if you're not careful, you're just running away from things, running away from pain, running away from tedious, running away from commitments, running away from anything that feels like it shackles you down and restrains you or limits your freedom or limits your options. Type sevens can overcome or face the dragon. 
Type sevens can overcome their fear of missing out by realizing that the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water it. It's greener where you invest. And investing is going to take commitment. You're going to have to stay in this relationship. You're going to have to stay in this job. You're going to want to leave. You're going to want to go to the other side of the country. You're going to want to lay it all down and go on an adventure. But you're going to have to invest. You're going to have to invest in something long term. And whether that's a job or a relationship or a role in your life or a community, uh, it can initially feel like it's trapping you. But over time, you can experience joy and abundance right where you are. Right where you are. Bloom where you're planted. Easy to say. All right. Type eights. Uh-uh-uh. Eights. All right. Eights, the defenders, the protectors, the challengers. Okay. Fight for justice, protect themselves and their loved ones, but have a fear sometimes of being vulnerable. You say, what's vulnerable? Um, anything that makes you feel like a helpless child. Just use that loose definition for vulnerability equals anything that makes you feel like a helpless child. So think like, I'm not in control of my space. Mommy, is it okay if I make a ham sandwich? That's vulnerable. See, I can't, I'm not capable of deciding that for myself. I have to ask mommy if it's okay. Or, or disappointment. I'm not in control of my environment. I would have worked it out like this, but it didn't work out that way. So I'm disappointed. Or indecision or anxiety. All these things that feel like a helpless child is vulnerability. And it's kind of put that stuff behind them. And they can, they can pick it up on other people, what they're vulnerable about. It's a hard word to say, vulnerable vulnerable about. I'm being vulnerable with you right now. Somewhere along the way, they received a message that showing vulnerability, especially with their feelings, makes them look weak. And they don't want to look weak and will open them up to attack. It's kind of like exposing, you know, your throat to your enemy. And as a result, you have to maintain this tough exterior and be careful who you let in because they will betray you. Now, all of that is true. It is true. Sometimes when you open yourself up and make yourself vulnerable, it will come back to bite you. But realize this. There's so many people in your life that love you the way you are. And they love your strength, but they also are okay with you being human. They're okay with you having vulnerabilities. They're okay with you voicing your concerns or your fears. In fact, they will even like be drawn to you. And feel like they're connecting with you at a deeper level when you allow yourself to open up in that way. And so eights can overcome their fear of vulnerability by choosing to openly talk about their weaknesses or their fears in front of others. And I probably just lost you. You're like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Okay, let me challenge you. All right. Let me say it again. Eights face the dragon and can overcome their vulnerability by their fear of vulnerability by choosing to openly talk about their weaknesses in front of others and expressing their fears. By doing so, they can build intimacy with others and develop authentic relationships. Why? Because in real relationships, people are vulnerable. They share what's going on. They share their fears. They share their concerns with each other. I love it that you're strong, but you don't always have to be the strong one in order for me to connect with you. And sometimes there are deep levels of connection that are only experienced when people are uh, vulnerable with one another. So you come to realize that your strength 
uh, is often expressed in your vulnerability, not just in your ability to have power and control the situation. All right, type nines. We're at the end. Okay, nines, we haven't forgotten you. The peacemakers. We love you guys. Easy to get along with. Sometimes, though, nines have a fear of conflict and a fear of awkward things and a fear of, you know, being in difficult spaces. They want harmony in their relationships, harmony in their surroundings, peace and tranquility, and sometimes can fear conflict or owning their space or sharing their needs or speaking up. And somewhere along the way, you learn that in being honest and direct, especially about your feelings and fighting for what you want, it's a difficult word for one or for nine sometimes, wanting, wanting things. It's going to lead to conflict and ultimately to what you fear most, separation. People are just going to disconnect from you and separate from you and fragment from you. And then you'd be out there all by yourself alone with no railroad tracks. What am I supposed to do? I'm a train. I don't have any railroad tracks. I have nobody around me. No, no direction. I don't know what to do. So consequently, nines often choose to keep their opinions to themselves. While they listen to everybody else's opinion and make space for everybody else's opinion, they sometimes don't make space to own their own opinion and to voice that opinion for fear that it's going to lead to fragmentation and separation in their relationships. So I'll just go back under the stairs like Harry Potter because if I speak up and I say anything, they'll probably kick me out of the house. So type nines can face the dragon and face their fear of conflict by understanding that not expressing yourself and advocating for yourself and owning your space and owning your voice, think about it, all the stuff eights right next to you, lean into that eight a little bit, that if that expressing yourself and advocating for yourself, that that can cause serious internal conflict and discontent. I always say when you don't have your arguments out loud, you get to have them in private. You get to have them in your own head. And that's no way to live. Yeah, but if I say anything, they're going to get upset with me. Okay, you're going to get upset with yourself. While there may be peace on the outside, there won't be peace within. Guys, I remember coaching a, a, a fellow one time who was probably my age. And he, he was a nine, wing one. And, and he had just come through his third divorce. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, Tom, I want you to know that of all my three marriages, I never one time fought with any of my wives. Never once. I never got ugly or upset or loud or I never argued with them. Okay. So I just want you to see from that example that never arguing or never getting upset or never being in conflict is not necessarily a guarantee of relationships being stable. It doesn't mean there's not going to be problems just because you don't address the problems. Or let me just say it this way. When you constantly avoid conflict in your relationships, you're guaranteed to always have it. Because you never deal with it. It's never dealt with. And it's scary. I know it's scary. All of these things are scary. All of these fears are real fears and they're really felt by each type and it's scary. And you need to recognize that speaking up and asserting your opinions and your convictions, um, you can experience greater self-acceptance and realize that conflict can actually sometimes lead to greater levels of intimacy. Being understood. You don't just need to understand everybody. You also need to be understood by others. And sometimes that's not going to happen unless you speak up and voice up your concerns. 
And I tell you what, guys, with all of these, it's easy to get stuck. It's easy to not see the future. It's easy to not be able to see your way out or your way back to a healthy place. And whatever I can do to help you find that way, uh, if you feel like you've hit a wall, you feel like you're stuck, you don't know what to do to, to, to get to that next level in your life or your relationship or work, we can talk it through. You don't have to go through this by yourself. I'm here for you. We can talk this through. And if not me, find somebody else. Find anybody else. Somebody that loves you, cares about you, wants the best for you. And as always, guys, be present to life. I'll see you next time.